Hello everyone, and welcome to your uncle's beach house, episode 13. I'm Jackson, I'm joined by M as usual. It's unlucky number 13. <laughs> unlucky number 13, that's true. Uh, and we are joined uh, by a guest, introduce yourself. Hi, uh, I'm Time and Patience. Uh, hello. Hello. Um, yeah, uh, Time is a patron who has requested that we do an anime this week, because that's what the podcast's about, and we've watched it, we're here to talk about it, we're very excited to. Uh, what did you pick? I picked uh, The Eccentric Family, or Uchiten Kazuku, uh, which is a show that is done by Masuki Yoshihara, based on a book by Tomihiko Morimi, who did The Totemi Galaxy and a short Walk On Girl. Yes, uh, which we've done on this podcast before, uh, me and Em both loved, and so we were pointed onto this. I knew this was a, like a popular show, I didn't know it had the same... Uh, the same base, uh, like author of the novel, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm very excited to watch it. Uh, it was uh, the the books from 2007. The season we're watching, which is season one, we're not watching the sequel. Uh, it came out in 2013. Uh, you got all the other details. That's that's the show. <laughs> that is the show. Um, and would you like to summarize it, or should I summarize it? <laughs> Oh, okay, so it takes place in modern-day Kyoto, uh, and we are told that there is an uneasy alliance of sorts between the mythological creatures of Japan living in the modern-day world. So we have the Tanuki, we have the Tengu, uh, they both, you know, roam the streets and fly in the skies and pretend to be humans and do their best to survive with all these people about getting in their business all the time. Um... And this mostly concerns a Tanuki family, uh, the Shimogamo family, who all, their father was the leader of the Tanuki, and he died the prior year uh, under some mysterious nebulous circumstances where he was uh, put in a hot pot by a group of 
intellectual ne'er-do-wells. I don't know how would you call the Friday Fellows other than they are all uh, jerks who like to get around and eat sentient beings and talk <laughs> at the end of every year. Uh, and they put him in a hot pot and they ate him because the, they always eat. They try to eat a Snooki at the end of every year. Um, and they're dealing with the fallout of that uh, as the Snooki society is trying to figure out who the next uh, person to be Snooki leader is. Uh, Nisa Amon, I think is what they call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this family, while dealing with that, also has to deal with the main character, uh, Yasaburo, uh, is friends with a, an aged Tengu professor. And that professor is going through a time because uh, the woman he loves, uh, a woman named Ben Ten, left him after he like raised her and gave her all the Tengu powers or taught her Tengu powers to go live in the human world as a Friday fellow. And so he's like, uh, this girl I have a crush on that my mentor also has a crush on uh, ate my dad and that's a problem <laughs> yes Half and, a um, time. and and so yeah it's, it's just them navigating the space uh there's a rival tanuki family that sucks we'll talk about them uh <laughs> and uh the professor is just increasingly cantankerous and difficult and uh uh, ben Ten's just uh, being mysterious and sad, and all of these things all intertwine um, because this is mostly a you know family character melodrama. Um, it is not super pitched or uh, extravagant, and the you know that's why I would say this is a very good show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I love this show. Um, I didn't really know what to expect going in, other than like the points of it being from uh from this author that i knew that i liked the source work of uh and yeah it was great um i was very surprised by the things it ended up being about because it's not really like it does have a lot of uh superficial similarities in like the construction to the time of galaxy i think because you know it's from the same person uh but it's definitely not like the same kind of story like it's not a love story in the same way it's much more just a mess i think uh a lot of the differences come in that uh, for Tatami Galaxy, um, that uh, Yosa had a lot of like control of like how the story went to. But this, the director and the script slash series composition were done by two different people. Um, mm. Suga Shotaro, who passed away a few years ago, uh, wrote pretty much uh, the whole like dialogue. Um, he also did things like Origaru and uh, worked on Standalone Complex, which you're watching soon, and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Uh, he's pretty good. Um, so I think like a lot of the maybe like back and forth in the dialogue that is feels so different from Totemy Galaxy is due to him. Mm-hmm. But also just like thematically, right? It's like not mm-hmm. it's not a love story about a stupid man being a dumbass, <laughs> no. which it both. Uh, it's time we got actually another show Wong Kong Gawa. Uh the writer of Devil May Cry Four. <laughs> <laughs> For real? Yeah. Hell yeah, sure. Kyrie. Yeah. I knew you'd be happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you knew right. <laughs> yeah. Um so what do we want to talk about first? Just like I guess impressions? So, uh, the thing for me is, uh, obviously we covered Tommy Galaxy and uh, Night of Short and really like those. Uh, load up this and immediately struck by th- the extreme amount this anime goes to be uh, legally distinct, the best kind of distinct <laughs> from uh, the Yuasa shows. <laughs> 
Um, I feel like the first episode in particular and like the opening and just everything about it definitely is like trying to evoke a similar style, which mm-hmm. was very interesting to me from the jump. Um, because I think the first episode tries to be a little goofier about it. And maybe this is just because of the book, obviously did not read the book here. Um, but I watched the first episode and was like, oh, um, well, I hope the rest of the show is not quite like this because it gets a lot of mileage out of the main character uh, transforming into a schoolgirl and getting into hijinks. And I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> uh, willing to write it out because, like I said, I like the source of trail. And it's not as if Tommy Galaxy is not without its moments. You're like, hmm, okay. Um, and then I feel like it was episodes five and six, uh, where Yasaburo hangs out with the guy from the Friday Fellows. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, uh, this show is actually remarkable and not at all as I was expecting. Um, because as much as like it sells itself on the magical hijinks, for me, this is very much a show about like the aimlessness of grief and like, you can have a you can have a sense of family that will push through this, but everyone still has to go through it on their own. And the best you can do is like be there for people as they do that. Um, and I think that stuff is handled remarkably well. For mm-hmm. sure, Yoshihara actually watched Tatami Galaxy before he did the show and lived in Kyoto for a month. So okay. at least for I wonder how much of that was like trying to be different on purpose, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I am. Um... I also was like, wow, episode six, best episode of the show. <laughs> like, uh, I think it's incredible. Because um, I, th- the first episode I was like, because I'd heard that you were like, oh God, how are we going to talk about this? Uh, yes. And so uh, watching the first episode, I was like, well, I guess this show is gender in ways that I didn't expect. No, that but is it's not, not what I meant. It's, just, <laughs> it's not. It's just at the start of the show, you know, he can transform into a schoolgirl and fuck with everyone. Like, that's kind of as deep as that's. They really dropped that, that so quick. Like a yep. few episodes yep. in, and doesn't. I guess the uh, the mother still transforms uh, occasionally, but like that's he he doesn't really do it anymore after that. I mean, it felt very like pilot of a show establishing mm-hmm. the like mechanics of the world thing, and because transforming into like the other films actually doesn't matter to the characters and that's kind of the point of it so you get this one episode where it's like oh isn't it ridiculous and weird and then once you're like acclimatized to the world it's like oh it doesn't matter that's just uh that's just that's just the guy right like it doesn't mm-hmm. the, the that's kind of how they view the forms the transformations and everything like, stop fucking around to him in that first episode uh but yeah once it becomes about um everything with the friday fellows i was like really impressed uh I thought like the stuff that the show is like tackling and once it became clear what the like central metaphors of the show were like kind of about uh, are really complex and hard to talk about but they're very good they're handled very well because uh, it ended up to me being kind of like a show about like the way the uh people's empathy isn't like doesn't like follow the rules of uh societal power structures right like he has a crush on the girl who ate his dad mm-hmm. uh and at the start you're like okay how are they going to view this and it ends up basically being like um it's a show with like very rigid and unbreakable uh class 
like definitions right like the tanuki get eaten this is just a fact of the world and the show does like isn't about trying to undo that it's very much about trying to like make peace with your place in the the world and letting that like be your guiding star which i don't like it's not necessarily a worldview i agree with but i do think it's expressed really well uh, and it's very interesting and the like the sadness of the way he talks to benton and that guy from the friday fellows his conversations with Benton in particular, where they like reaffirm that, or like she's a human, he's a tonicky, and it kind of goes back and forth on like the um, relationship she particularly has with Tengu and uh, the family that, you know, she ate a <laughs> uh, part of, like is very interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all the stuff with them. Um... Uh, I forget his name, but the 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 guy from the Friday Fellows, that teacher. Yes, uh, uh, God, his voice actor is not credited pretty much anywhere. I had, he's done like nothing else, but I thought his performance was really good. Um, mm-hmm. I think his stuff was really interesting because his point is basically that uh, he's not gonna be it. Well, because it's basically exploring the idea of if Tanuki are gonna get eaten, is it wrong to like you know hide from that it's like a very no ethical mm-hmm. consumption under capitalism type thing of his argument is well they're going to be eaten so the thing to do is just to eat them and be thankful for it because like you it would be hypocritical to do it but then feel bad about it mm-hmm. uh, uh which is like true but then you know at the end he comes face to face you're still eating you're like you're about to eat <laughs> like actual <laughs> sentient people what the fuck like the show still knows like it's good because it's about navigating these differences between like the way uh people's empathy can like uh, overcomes the wrong word but like me- like mess with your sense of very rigid like moral lines but it still understands those moral lines are real and like it's not like and that's how we can all come together it's not like the people that eat you and the people that get eaten just need to love each other right not at <laughs> it's, all it's no. much sadder than that <laughs> and uh, much better than that i do think it's interesting he is the only person who intellectualizes the eating of tanuki and yes. he's the person to crack and like oh, his breakdown flip. at the end is really good Yes, uh, because once upon a time he helped uh, the mother of the Shimagama family, um, uh, Tosin, and he then is like, ah, I, when he sees her again, he's like, oh, that's Tanuki I helped, and uh, has to prevent her from being eaten at the end of the season. Cannot abide it. Um, the question I have, I think like the like thing that it plays very nebulously on purpose but is good about it is how much of Ben 10's whole deal is to force the situation in which this will all be upended. She introduces Yasuburo to the Friday fellas, particularly to the professor, which I thought was interesting because their dynamic is really good and he's the one like you said who helps at the end. So I'm wondering... Mm-hmm. I guess the show doesn't linger on it, which I like, but it's like how much of that was purposeful on her part because she helps him out all of the time. Yes. And she definitely plays coy with like, she constantly reminds him of the fact that, you know, she ate his father. She's, she's capable and willing to eat him if the situation presents itself uh, and constantly like drives him to act under the threat of these sorts of things. But then every time the situation calls for it, just nudges things like, just a side of where it's like going towards disaster um and a way that we're like and she is like a character that is defined by like this very private sadness like she is constantly upset about something we do not know about and no one like everyone speculates about um but is not never revealed to us um 
despite everyone having their own ideas of what it might be. Um, mm-hmm. and, but definitely is not feeling sad that she left uh, Professor Akadama, the Tengu, who is very sad that his uh, girlfriend that he raised left him. Slash kidnapped? <laughs> yes. The scene where he just, like, picks her up on the beach was very weird. <laughs> yes. Uh, the thing I like about that um, is, like, it doesn't really dwell on that. It just allows mm-hmm. the myth stuff to be myth stuff. Like, mythologically, a Tengu will just go and capture the person and then raise them up, I guess. And no one questions it in, like, a modern moral mm-hmm. sense because these are not characters defined by that. They're defined by what their mo- like their mythological construct is in a modern world, right? Like, the, the Tanuki are running around transforming and being tricksters, but also you're, they're going to work in the factory because everyone needs a job. <laughs> The little kid might not be able to transform well, but he can sure power up his cell phone with his magic powers. Specifically, yeah. work in the factory of your really awful cousins. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, the What I wanted to note about the Benton stuff is that uh, Benton is very good. Uh, she's basically the Revolver Ocelot of that show. Sorry to bring that up. <laughs> uh, but she definitely fills the like role of like a chaotic person in the middle of this nudging it in interesting directions who you can't quite read right but ends up being uh, interesting and empathetic uh if ocelot was drinking wine to the moon uh, like tearfully it'd be much better honestly oh you mean uh if kojima was like an actual hero also, <laughs> like a good like, writer has a yes cool <laughs> clock tower with like a beach in but in the back of a shop like a shop it's yep. that seems really like the setting is really cool there. Uh, the whole concept of the show is like something that uh, it's something I like a lot, but I don't like seek out. I guess I, mm-hmm. I it is rare this kind of story, but I uh, I like it every time I personally experience it. Um, not that it's a rare story, just that I don't uh, see them very often. But anytime there's like a supernatural story that is basically introduced to you entirely by people vaguely talking about it. But not, like, necessarily having to... Sh- like, because in the first episode, you do see a lot of uh, supernatural stuff, but it's all handled very matter-of-fact, and there's a lot of lore that is, like, s- told to you before it happens. Yeah. Jackson, you're describing magical realism. <laughs> yes. Well, there's, there's a lot of, like, vignettes and little one-offs that build I up meant- to, like, have a lot of set pieces and, like, focus on different thematics, and then it all comes to a head near the end, which mm-hmm. it's all through like little dialogues uh, mostly, which I found really nice. I feel bad. I feel like I walked into a wall. <laughs> <laughs> I meant like Constantine. Mm-hmm. The, uh, one of the other Cause... shows I suggested, Kyosugiga, is kind of uh, similar in focus, but completely the opposite way and it aired the season after this, which was a lot of tonal whiplash. <laughs> like... Uh, the way that this show does um, that sort of thing, I think, is really interesting. The director, Yoshihara, is known for, like, very down-to-earth, uh, like, c- consistent, but not, like, super flashy in the way that you also did Tatami Galaxy, uh, which I think works really well for this show. Like, it feels, it's kind of a wash to compare to Ghibli, but, like, a similar sort of magical realism vibe there, which I like. Yeah. 
Uh, the reason I was uh, teasing Jackson just a little bit uh, is uh, to me, like the way in which the show is structured, it being so much about these characters, like having conversations about these events in this like mystical setting, like deeply reveals that this is an adaptation of a novel mm-hmm. as opposed to like, yes. you know, a manga or something. Um, and uh, it's good. More anime out of books. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, not not a lot of them. I guess like this author's work and much of the Galactic Heroes are the main ones, but even then the classification's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, the line between like w- what's adapted from a novel and what's a light novel, like mm-hmm. I can't quite tell because I, you know, I'm not in the country so I don't see the source material usually. Yeah, it's mostly like yeah. longer, uh, more difficult uh, characters and I guess more adult focused, but like the, the line there is very, especially back in the day, it's very hazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like cause we watched Lock Horizon, which is like a light novel show, mm-hmm. it, which is interesting in that I feel like you can tell that it has a little bit of action nuance to certain shows. Like not like sort of online is also light novels that didn't have any nuance, so there's bad light novels. But it definitely feels more interesting because of the fact that it can go into like the specifics of all of its like world. But also the light novel format clearly has the same drawbacks as uh, manga stuff because there's a lot of like cliffhangers that don't really like cliffhangers where a plot just stops because the next plot has arrived in a new cliffhanger rather than being organically uh, ended uh, mm-hmm. which is a thing I associate with like long running manga um, the um, uh, I believe I think it was the founder of PA Works uh, who Yoshihara is like one of the co-founders said that they wanted to focus on adapting uh, novels and doing original stories because they allow for uh, their own interpretation of the like the visuals and the pacing to a more like a bigger degree because manga editors and like that whole publishing ring have so much say in what you do in an adaptation which is not really the case with novels and if you're doing your own thing mm. mm-hmm Uh, The thing that I think of when I'm like, oh, this is what happens when you adopt like a more like a more like concrete work of like a novel is the linchpin of the season, like dramatic wise, is Yasabra sitting in the bathing house, like across the wall from uh, his like betrothed who is a uh, girl named Kaisei, and she just apologized to him, and he's not sure for what, and then she disappears, and that is, like, the first unraveling of the thread that allows him to understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't think you'd ever do that in any other, like, if you were writing this originally for the anime or if this was a manga. Um, Because the scene is just, like, super quiet and relies on the characters having introspection about their situation in a way that uh, I really loved. Yes, uh, I think that stuff's really good. I think this is a good time to um, pivot to like the plot stuff then, <laughs> uh, which is the part where it's a ridiculous Yakuza movie. Also, <laughs> also like, the, on top of all of this, the Gawas are like the worst. I love them. I love them. Kinku and Genkiku are shitbags of the year. Oh, they suck so much. So, <laughs> suck uh, so much. yeah, the, the Ebisugawa family is like a branch uh, of the Shimagama family. Um, their patriarch, uh, Son, like split off. Uh, and now that uh, um, Suichiro, the father of the Shimagama family, is dead, he's like, I'm going to be Inus Iman. And uh, he's got two twin sons who are the fucking worst. They're just <laughs> they're just comedy just goons, but in the worst possible way. 
so what they make me think of and this will only be true this will be true with a lot of listeners but only if they listen to the same podcast that we do uh is they are basically what draco malfoy should be as described mm-hmm. by sheeking shack yes that's fair and that they basically perfectly walk the line of being just comedy like shitbag kids but also like actual threats when the like conflict becomes more existential towards the end Following yes. around like their actually awful father who, you know, is doing his more purposefully nefarious, like, gross stuff. But they, they know, mm-hmm. like, it's very explicit that they are, like, it's not that they don't, like, they don't know some of the details, but that is through will. Like, they are willfully sure. ignorant, they are yeah. aware that this is some fucked up stuff going on. But also, they definitely, like, see the the rivalry between the families in, like, very childish yes. ways, I mean, right? The... Like, to them, it's just, like, these are cousins that we're gonna, that we don't like, because, uh, you know, they're, they put on airs in a way that, like, Kinkaku and Genkaku don't, but also they're much more, like, genuine people. Like, they're, Kinkaku and Genkaku are always running around, like, acting like they're entrepreneurs. Like, they're here to disrupt the economy <laughs> of Tanuki society. The, the scene with, yes. uh, uh, yes, we were in the cage, and, like, them having the back and forth and then the call from Kaisei uh, kind of in the later part of the show I think really demonstrates how they view the whole thing really well um, and also mm-hmm. like their relationship with Kaisei is not great like their sister thinks they also suck that's because they do <laughs> <laughs> she is right about that Well, yeah, she's a character that doesn't get a whole lot of screen time, but definitely seems like aware of everyone's situation in a way that is uh, interesting um, as like the only other like female Tanuki in the plot. Um, mm-hmm. Her and Tosin both have to express like a broader sense of care uh, than all these stupid boys running around. Mm hmm. Uh, because sure. we were, we mentioned like it doesn't get gendery the way the first episode does, but it is also about yes. like gender broadly in the sense of like who has who gets the sense of like duty versus who gets like the care like the labor of caring for everyone. Um, and the thing I actually really like about Yasuburo as a protagonist is that he's a character that wants to be the person who can express the kind of care that his mother gives like he's not aspiring to be his father he's aspiring to be his mother and i really like that about him Mm -hmm, for sure Mm -hmm. uh i think the way that like the different kids like express different parts of like their parents personalities really good especially because they all like they all frame it in terms of we are four parts of our father but the show clearly understands that that's not like it's not that simple uh even, uh, because like yeah, Yaichiro breaks down constantly about like maybe I shouldn't be aiming to be my father. This sucks. Well, um, yes. Uh, God, Yaichiro is so good. All all the four brothers are so good. I love them all. Uh, Yaichiro is the one who's like the most duty bound. Mm-hmm. And the thing I really love about him is there's this scene where they're all going to go up and watch the big, uh, festival where they light the fire on the mountain. Um, and Yaichiro decides that he's going to like, he's like, I'm going to let my hair down during this party. And to him, that just means transforming into like, like a luck figure, which is like, you know, like a big, like, fat guy with the big kimono like very nobly sitting and providing over this party and he's the most uptight about like letting <laughs> loose at a party possible it's so funny 
I'm gonna do the thing my dad did, which is transform into this guy. Time to party. And not understand anything about what that means in terms of like actually cutting loose and being able to like enjoy a moment. Mm-hmm. Not, not focusing on the fun aspect of like their father. Um, like what's good is fun is a big thing that he drives home. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings me to like I think some of my favorite stuff in the whole. Uh, the whole show that is to say a frog in a well <laughs> uh yajiro the second son yeah yajiro he's just frog in a well yeah thing. uh for for mysterious reasons he retreated into a well where he sits and listens to people's troubles uh all of the scenes with him are incredible <laughs> just just amazing stuff all round. uh because the sense of just like melancholy but not like too much it's not like ah oh, this wistful life of a frog in a well he's just a frog in a well and he just listens to people and sometimes they annoy him and sometimes they're interesting and sometimes they're sad like it really nails the tone of just yep this is me i see the whole universe i'm a frog in a well uh and then one but of the only best- is like a reflex of like right abandoning all responsibility right like he gets to be placid about his lot in life because he ran away from everything mm-hmm. uh, his voice actor is the same as ozu from totemi galaxy and they do like a few callbacks in the dialogue yes sometimes. yes um that's good uh <laughs> which um leads to like the amazing bit where of course he comes out of the well uh and they the way it's handled is excellent. Like he used his specialty used to be transforming into uh, a train and like terrorizing Kyoto, just being a train on street. Uh, and he could only really do it when he was drunk and could let loose. Uh, so, um, <laughs> he pour just just pour booze into the into the hole and outbursts an actual train. <laughs> One animator so did good. most of that. Uh, Holy shit! Toshiyuki Inoue, uh, who is uh, Mamoru Oshii, who worked with him on a lot of things, calls him the perfect animator. He did like a hundred fifty uh, cuts. Uh, he is a monster who's fantastic. We've watched That's like incredible. a hosted a film or a Satoshi Kon film. Probably like most of the cool stuff was him. <laughs> That's very cool because it's so good. That scene in uh, Spirit Away with the bike. I won't say anymore, but like that was him too. He's just great. Nice. That's that's amazing. <laughs> I would also call someone who designed those two scenes the perfect animator. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, the the climax of the show takes place over like four whole episodes or so, which is very based on a novel. Like <laughs> it's a long climax compared to the rest of the show. It's like a whole third of the show. Uh that is the one day of the because fr- they got to the day of the Friday Fellows and the uh, like election, um, which uh, just so happened to be on the same day. As I if just, two I things just, were fated to collide, <laughs> just as if. And then the way, like, oh god, the way everything collides and wraps up at the end is so funny. Because <laughs> uh, when everything starts popping off and um, the uh, the other families start like kidnapping the tanuki uh, that you like like it's like actually scary and terrifying like it's a really dark show for a bit uh and the threat of death hangs over like all of the main characters suddenly in a like in a real way not in like a it's a slice of life show that has a final episode dark turn like they all do for some dramatic effect that's actually could end with multiple tanuki in a stew mm-hmm. like it genuinely earns that uh but then the ending 
is they both end up in like rooms next to each other the friday fellows and the election both happening in place in the same in the same building and the wall gets knocked down and then like uh yajiro becomes a lion or tiger i guess no a lion a uh, tiger. Know, tiger, tiger. Where tiger. Uh, Benton says, "Ooh, a tiger!" Oh, it becomes a tiger, roars at everyone. Uh, then they see. Then all the Tanuki see it's the Friday. F- oh, first of all, half of them see Benton and transform back into Tanuki, and yeah, then all the, of them the, see the, the, the thing that's really interesting there is it's like it's all of the like leaders in the front, and then just like like three people in the back who don't matter who know who's in that other room, and they turn into Tanuki immediately. And <laughs> yes. it's not until everyone, and it's not until everyone's identified as the Friday Fellows that everyone else transforms back out of fear. Cause, yeah, because you can't stay transformed when you're too scared, which is strange because there's definitely moments where like people are scared, but they're still in the fall, but it, it still works. Uh, <laughs> and then it just becomes utter chaos. They're just like you scrambling. Keep... <laughs> yeah, because you're like expecting the ending to be some kind of like, okay, everything has come together. We are going to see the new, vi- like, you know, we have watched Gundam, right? And the thing, it's a slice of life show, but it definitely has similar themes about this is a very structured society, and the structure of the society does violence upon innocent people, in this case, Tanuki. Uh, how is this going to be addressed and dealt with? And the answer is it's not. It's just a chaotic mess. Everyone runs away, and then he's like, well, I guess that happened. <laughs> The, the thing I really like about this is that it, it, like, both sides are at loggerheads here. The Friday Fellows are dangerous, but, like, very passively in that, like, they just eat animals. Like, they don't really think about it too much. The Tanuki are afraid of them only because they don't understand that they could just turn into humans and fight back like they can't like they're just they're just people (laughs) like it would be very easy to deal with them if they weren't like uh, so beholden to the like rigid structure so there's like a real standoff happening in this moment and then the third wall falls away and in the room uh on the other side of the tanuki was professor akadama who uh, the youngest brother had just been plying with drink the entire time and he marches out uh, demanding to know what's taking so long uh and so furious and because he's the like tengu the one tengu in the plot he's so beyond the like obligations and structures that everyone else operates in like he's magic in like a big magic sense and he's like old and doesn't really have it anymore in the same way but he still is unbothered by the things that like drive everyone else's lives and when he steps in and trivializes all of it just by like waving his fan (laughs) once and blowing everyone out of the building it's so good (laughs) yeah like basically you have to say please don't start destroying the town now come on now let's get in the taxi uh, at the end of the thing, because he's just pure chaos in a, on like a level that none, like the humans or Tanuki, just can't even mm-hmm. like reach. There's the big focus uh, on like grief and the family, but also like in some focus on Akadama's like relationship with aging and uh, worrying about uh, injury and death, because the father um, Soichiro like very stone-faced is like yeah i guess i'm done here you can eat me versus akadama who is dealing with a lot in his later years uh the gift the christmas gift of the cane in particular i think showed that off pretty well uh yeah like the the entire shimogami family like have transferred all of their feelings of like like how they would care for their father in his like dwindling years on to the professor Mm -hmm. um 
And there's like a, a, like there's this really great scene where they invite him to go with them sightseeing to the fire festival, and he is too <laughs> proud to accept like these are the only people who want to hang out with me because I'm old and alone and cantankerous. Uh, and they're just low class Tanuki. So I'm going to say no. And he's like, well, if you, if you're around the area, we'll, we'll be there and we'll be waiting. And then he walks by clearly aware of it, but unwilling to like walk up to them. And so Yasaburo just does just come out and say, Oh, uh, funny running into you here. Let's, uh, let's go and have a drink and, uh, we'll go watch the fire festival. And like the amount of, uh, like, res- like respect that comes out of empathy for another person in this is really good. Yes, but also feels some guilt because his injury, um, had partly to do with him, I guess, transforming to that tree. They don't dwell on it much, but Binton mm-hmm. was like goofing around and he was involved and, um, probably feels bad of like, maybe expediting i guess uh like his inability to do what he did for most of his life like flying around Mm and shenanigans Mm -hmm. because you definitely like are told through the show right that he is like weak can't doesn't have it anymore um and is sad about it but then but like by the time at the end of the show right he's still like on a different level (laughs) to everyone else in that room Yes. Like, even this just completely washed up, done Tengu can just trivialize this whole, the entire plot of the show. Uh, he does blow off the top of a building by waving his fan once. Oh, that fan's uh, cool. It's amazing. Yes. That fan, like, shows up a lot, I think. It is, yeah. uh, it is also what the Ebesugawa's used to uh, uh, frighten the mom and kind of, like, kick it all off in episode 10-ish. Uh, yes. mm-hmm. Which is after you learn uh, Soen and Benton's, like, they show basically the dad getting got and mm-hmm. um, kind of the lead up to him dying. So it really feels like, oh, someone could totally get eaten. <laughs> like, they've shown yes. how they've done it before. Right. It's also what he uses to fight off uh, the Ebisugawa family during the, like, everyone's taking their airships to go look at the fire festival um and they get in a, like an actual aerial mm-hmm. battle with their little tea house that they borrowed from the professor and uh the Ebisugawas are in a literal like flying pirate ship with cannons um <laughs> and uh what what can what can knock down an airship but a fan that generates d- huge winds i really liked them all the whole family and uh the professor and his friend like holding on to Yasaburo as he like gloats as they're all falling <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that stuff's really good. Um, what else do you want to mention? Music's great. Um, Music is great. By Yoshiki, uh, Yoshiaki Fujisawa, who did Land of Lustrous, um, oh, Place nice. for the Universe, um, RV Starlight, and also did like all the background music on the first series of Love Live. Um, so not like the oh. song songs, but all the stuff in the background. I thought the background music was really, really good in the show. It's so good, yeah. Uh, background art's really nice. These, like, colors yes. and shots, I think. The, uh, like, spacing's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a great-looking show. The show's good. <laughs> yeah, it definitely has, like, a richness that I was really surprised by. Uh, because it leans into like being in Kyoto and dealing with old families by like showing the like 
more traditional, like now slightly run down, but still cared for like aspects mm-hmm. of like traditional Japanese life and culture. Like people, people aren't living in like apartment buildings, you know, like yes. people are hanging out in like shrines and uh, like in rooms with like sliding doors and Tommy mats still. Yeah. Um, and th- I think that part is like rendered really well. Absolutely. Galaxy was also Kyoto, I think. And it's interesting, like the abstraction there and like the art being focused on more like the whimsical aspects of the art. And then this, which is basically like essentially photos, but with like really well shot photos with like interestingly done colors. Mm -hmm. Um, So like Mm -hmm. the, the realism there versus like the character designs, which I think did a really good job of being expressive they got um a manga author to do uh the basically like original designs koji kumara who did uh zetsubo sensei and then the chief animation director uh, kawatsura did the like anime versions uh versus tournament galaxy where it's all from like the original art so it's interesting to see like this is basically like they thought these were the best possible uh designs to go for uh, versus Yuasa, who like was like, well, I guess I'll make this my own. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, it's it's very cool. the The look of the show, I was surprised by the look of the show because I always like just having seen like shots and uh, character designs, I just assumed it looked like fairly normal anime look. And I assumed it was going to be, oh, what if it's time of Galaxy was like a more like just a normal anime, and it, and like it is more. It is more that, but not to the extent of like, oh, this show looks boring. Like, it looks great. Uh, it looks great. Mm-hmm. It has very intentional and interesting stylistic decisions made all around, uh, which is good. Um, what does everyone think of like all the stuff with uh, th- the way that the like actual plot went uh, with the dad and and the other the Ebiscowers? Hmm. Um. I think that it showed the relationship between the two brothers really well. The callback of like um, one episode being like, oh, everyone should have a little brother from uh, the Frog and the Well, Yajiro. Uh, and then the next episode, like uh, Shoichiro, or the same episode even, Shoichiro being betrayed by his little brother uh, and like his whole interactions with essentially being like married off to the Bisukawas. Uh, to kind of placate familial relations, which totally didn't work. Uh, the thing I like, and it's not really like a thing that the story ends up being about, but it, it's all there to be picked up on, I guess, mm-hmm. um, is uh, Son betrays his brother and gives him to the Friday Fellows because he's envious of him being Nisiman, but also envious of uh, him being married to Tozen, who he is like infatuated with. Um, and on the night that this happens, uh, Yaichiro comes to uh, Soichiro and tells him that he is infatuated with Yasaburo's betrothed Kaisei um, in like a very similar like the brothers like come into conflict because of this like structured mm-hmm. m- like marriage like rules of society that people are betrothed and families agree upon these things and that's how this stuff falls out um, and the friction of like the rules dictate that everyone operates a certain way. And sometimes that means that like, you know, their father can die, but this family is still like 
respected and has a place and is muddling through because of those structures but also the structures generate the desire that son has to like you know murder his brother uh is really interesting Mm -hmm. and uh like just adds to this like like these characters don't feel like trapped by living in a society to me that's not really what the show is about in like a desperate sort of way but there is like a sadness of like people's positions in life dictate the possibility space that can happen to them. Mm-hmm. And there, there's like a, a melancholy to it that it like applies to all the characters. I, I would agree on that. Um, I ended up thinking of it as like this very kind of like explicit parable about ambition is bad, right? Like it, the thing is bad. The, the, all the shitty things happen in the show because uh soon is bitter right and tries to push things further and further and like uh, it happens to yajra as well but like he realizes that by being this kind of like by aiming for his father's status because he like wants that father status is like what's pushing him further away from like what matters right the show like draws this line across all of uh all of the plots um and that it's like summed up by his final monologue at the end, which is like, a Tanuki should just be living their life, right? They should not want this responsibility of being in charge mm-hmm. uh, because that is the drive of humans and that is what leads to murdering your brother because you get a, get a bit more status, which is fake. Uh, which is like interesting because I do I do think like that worldview is, like I said at the start, is like it's definitely not one, I, you know, I at some point think it, it is good to have ambition to change the world for the better. Uh, I think the show leans into it is actually better to just make yourself good and then the world will follow. Uh, but I do think it expresses that really well uh, and like pointing out that it is wanting to... like The thing that makes the Tanuki more like humans isn't like the transforming or anything. It is wanting to do murder to become a boss. <laughs> <laughs> like that is what is like shown as... more human than natural that is the like thing that (laughs) in this view humankind has that nature doesn't have uh that where we went wrong uh and that stuff was interesting yeah i think the show uh like i said and mentioned um particularly like i think the show focuses on tradition and hote the uh, friday fellow professor dude uh, he like has that whole spiel at the end specifically about like to hell with the Friday fellows to hell with tradition and his whole um, thing is like very intertwined with how the show I guess feels about um, traditions that aren't fun I guess like they they're fine with going up in a cool like flying ship thing and like watching the fire but um, specifically the whole traditions about like the Niseomon or like the um, eating tanuki are not important to like having a good time because they mm-hmm. the scene where um yasuburo goes sees the friday fellows the first time there's no tanuki eating involved and they seem to have a perfectly nice uh evening well the only like at the end when they're like <laughs> arguing about it is the only reason they eat the tanuki is because they have to because mm-hmm. it, they say they decide that they have to right there's no there's n- absolutely no actual rule that says you gotta eat a tanuki uh it don't, like no, <laughs> it's, it's made up and then the intellectual guy breaks and it's like wait this is all made up and then they all immediately <laughs> kick him out <laughs> it's very funny yeah, Jerojin's like the only one who's like, actually, I love eating Tanuki with the weird rope thing, and he's he's a weird. 
uh, probably like the most, I guess, uh, Benton aside, the human that is most intertwined with, um, I guess, like the, the more whimsical, magical part of the show, but they don't really dwell on him in this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see season two because I know, I know that I saw the Wikipedia page said there's another book, which I assume is what season two is. Season two is, I'm gonna say much, but like it is very repetitive isn't the right word, but it it goes to try to like do the same kind of beats again, and I think uh, doesn't really reward like watching it the same like soon afterwards. Uh, I I took it as like a nice time with the characters I enjoyed when it aired, which I think is pretty pretty close to how it went. Okay, it did. Uh, I'm looking. It did come out four years later, mm-hmm. which is uh, interesting. Yeah, um, really surprising. Um, the uh, series composition scriptwriter uh, uh, Shodaro, who like died in the between those two, so they switched mm-hmm. that. Um, Roll between the seasons. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I'm excited to watch that. I don't know when I will. I'll probably leave it a bit, but I will. I'll watch that soon. I think I, there's there's one more adaptation of uh, his stories that I can watch. The movie, yeah, yeah, Penguin Highway. Um, and then I'm done. And then I'm done after. Uh, so I, I will I will save that for a bit later. But I'm definitely very excited to watch season two. I'm curious as to what it will be uh so very excited for that uh does anyone have any more final thoughts did, is there anything we missed in the show that we want to mention uh because i think that was pretty good yeah i think good uh there isn't a whole lot that yashiro the youngest son does but he's just cute as a button i love him <laughs> he's like so he's got the tail Try yes <laughs> uh it's good I guess uh, openings, endings. Uh, what you thought, or what, what you preferred, or the uh, opening to me is weird in that it. Tr- I feel like it's really trying to be Tommy Galaxy, mm-hmm. um, like even structurally, like what, like how it's designed, some of the shots, like it going through all of Yasaburo's transformations, but he only has like three of them, <laughs> so it just loops them <laughs> really fast. <laughs> um, is weird. I really like the ending though. I think it's like really nice and uh it it's quiet in a way i think that suits the show um and really enjoyed that for sure i like the opening song but like you said like the flipping definitely like way more than homage to the totemi galaxy opening i think the ending fits the show way better and Mm -hmm. also it's like just a nice song with nice visuals i I mean the opening theme is like good Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just it's very the opening is very in congress the rest of the show Mm -hmm. to me um I I am much higher on the opening than everyone else here. I guess I Got one it. because the song's excellent. Yeah. Uh, I I love the song. Uh, good sing along song. When it plays at the end of the show, you're like, yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, <laughs> best thing has ever happened. Because uh, I was mad that they cut out the opening for time of the uh, you know of the final episode. So then bring it for the final sequence was good. Uh, uh, but I I do think that the opening like works on like a level of. It definitely sells the show as just a fun hangout slice of life show, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, like it, it is clearly homaging to uh, to Time Galaxy, but that sh- that opening 
uh, is much more in line with the tone of the show. It's like weird and off kilter in ways that while the opening of this show is weird, its weirdness is very just like hyperactive slice of life, you know, look at all these tanuki type things. It's, it doesn't suggest the same uh, like emotional atmosphere that the Tommy Galaxy opening does. And I like that because especially as it comes around at the end, it like it definitely, despite being a very like high stakes emotional plot, wants to impress upon you that this is a show about what it means to live an interesting day-to-day life. Like that's what the like final wrap-up monologue is about. And I think the opening works in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, fair. So that's that's my argument for it. But I, I like the ending as well. Just good all round. Good music. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, with that, I think we're finished. Time. Would you like to have anything to plug? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> just just you, living the best life. Nowhere. God, jealous. I'm in some discords. Say hi. I guess. <laughs> uh, I will. Hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> well. Uh, if you've enjoyed this, then uh, you can listen to The Great Gundam Project for $1 a month. Uh, this one is free. The Gundam, Gundam episodes are every week. Not this week, though, because we took a week off. Uh, but they are every week for $1 a month. Uh, Patreon.com slash mapping. You should listen to them. Yeah. Um, Beach House, of course, is, uh, you know, whenever a patron comes up uh, with it, if you would like to support that level, you go to Patreon.com slash mapping. Uh, those are listed as sold out, but if you want to do anime or, or a movie, just anything that's not a video game, you talk to us, we'll make it work. Um, you can pledge that level anyway. Uh, we'll, we'll re, uh, change, we'll probably change that page up, uh, beginning of next year, cause, um, Yes. Really, it's just we didn't want people to keep asking us to do RPGs. <laughs> yeah, um, the problem was that it cost the same amount of money to have us watch a film as it did to make us play Chrono Trigger. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, and the labor uh, intensity of that is just all the way off. So we'll, we'll work it out. Don't worry about it. Um, but we'll be back in two weeks where we cover uh, the anime Flag, which I'm very much looking forward to. That's just going to be me and Jackson, um, which is a 13-episode mecha anime, but like much more of like a realistic, like, war story that just happens to have a mech in it um so please look forward to that real robots mm, sure <laughs> uh, that was just me being a shit yeah i know, I know. Oh, well. well thank you very much for listening everyone <laughs> we'll see you next time uh goodbye <laughs>